0: each week as we read through the book of Acts of how action-packed it is, you know? It reminds me of like um, an Avengers movie or something. There's always something happening, and this is happening, and that's happening. Ah, you know, fights and blah, blah, blah. Um, But the thing that strikes me about this passage is this strong allegiance and commitment to being Christ's witnesses, that uh, these disciples—Paul, Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos—have. I mean, you know, just think about the last verse. It's talking about Apollos, right, and how he's he's uh, vigorously, vigorously preaching. That's like it's not just preaching like I'm doing. But you can imagine, he's like, well, I was going to say, be still and know that I'm God, but that doesn't fit with that verse. But he vigorously bridges You know, the image of it, there's energy, there's passion, commitment, conviction. It just amazes me. And these guys, you know, they kind of remind me of... um, the, the the superheroes of uh, what is it, Yuri? the the Avengers? Uh, what's that Avenger? This is my Avengers. son, by the way. For those of you who don't know, he's teaching me about cultural things. But I think this one is an old one, right? It's what? from the the Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah, the Justice League. Justice League is old. Yeah. It's old. It's well, better. I'm old, but, and I'm just learning about it. But yeah, they're like the Justice Leagues of witnesses, right? Like these superhero witnesses. And I'm like, man, how could they do that? And they're not just doing it like in the midst of like, everybody's peaceful, hey Paul, hey Apollo, how you doing, Apollos, you know? How you doing Priscilla and Aquila? And by the way, Priscilla is a woman. Can I get a name? <laughs> As you notice, I'm a woman, <laughs> um, but and I say that because those of us who know about Christianity, there's just this huge debate about whether or not women should be preaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. But that's another story for another time. But these disciples and apostles are witnessing during a time of great persecution hostility, and not just like somebody shouting at you like somebody on the street in New York, get out of my way, but seriously, like somebody come up to you and push you, knock you, not just push you, knock you, but flog you. Oh my gosh, you know, severe beatings. It's hard for us to imagine that kind of thing, but they were witnessing and it did not stop them from being witnesses of Christ. How do they do that? I have a hard time just, you know, telling people this is okay. This is between you and God, you and I, guys. Um, but I think it's important to what God is saying us to us today. I'm going to share this with you. Last Sunday, on my way to church, I live in Hell's Kitchen, Manhattan Plaza, 43rd and Ninth, and. In our building, there are a lot of people that are hostile to Christianity and church. There's a suspicion. And a lot of that suspicion and hostility is with good reason. All right, like some of us Christians, we know, I mean, it can be pretty embarrassing. (laughs) And uh, pretty arrogant and judgmental, which is totally the opposite of who Jesus wants us to be. So I'm leaving for church last Sunday and I run into my neighbors on the way to the elevator and they're dressed in like shoes, sneakers, running sneakers and those like nylon shorts, you know, that runners use because they're light, I think, and they allow you to run faster, right? And a tank top. So I automatically assume that they're going out for a run. It's early in the morning. So we exchanged our like normal smiles, and, "Hey, how you doing? Good morning, blah, blah, blah." And I say, "Oh, so you're going to a, for a run." And they say, "No, we're not going for a run, but we're going to go have fun. eating. You're like, yeah, We all you know how you get silly., but <laughs> I I thought that that's how things were going to go. I mean, that was the normal thing. We joke about something, we laugh, we get on the elevator. And we go, but something different happened this time. They asked me, so where are you off to? (laughs) Guys, I'm sharing this this way because I really was surprised about my response, right? I think of myself as like a Christian that can talk to anybody about anything or whatever. So my response last Sunday (laughs) when we said, where are you going? My mind answered it, church, and then I was like, it was like a power outage inside of me. And it was like, I can't say that, or can I say that? (laughs) They might have a negative reaction to this, you know? Um, This is exactly, uh, the way you see me frozen like this (laughs) is how I was like in that moment. And then it was like, all of a sudden, this surge came up in me that encouraged me to say it. And I had this thought like, why can't I say I'm going to church? But I prefaced it. I did say it, but I prefaced it. I said, well, some people don't think it's fun, but I think it's fun. I'm going to church. (laughs) It came out of me. Now, it sounds like a little thing. I don't know. Have you got anybody felt that or experienced that? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, right? So what is that about? You know, it's like, that's just like the threat of hostility. I mean, they may not. I mean, actually their answer was, oh, <laughs> but these guys, like, they're getting beat up and they're getting put in prison. I would like be like I'm not talking anymore. I don't want to get beat up. I don't want to be in prison. But they continued speaking about Christ. No no feedback. Okay. okay. <laughs> how did they do it? I want to know how they did it because I want to be a witness for Christ. It's what he calls us to be and we love Jesus. And it's not like a rule or a law. He wants us to do it because he loves us. He loved us first. And we love him. And when we love someone, we want to like do things for them, right? And, and please, and then also it's like when we love someone, oftentimes we talk about it <laughs> to other people. And I was like, Lord, I, I was so broken and I asked for his forgiveness. And I said, you know, I feel like I've been having a secret love affair with you like nobody knows about it it's like behind doors but i'm coming out guys and i want us all if we're experiencing that jesus wants us all to be able to do that and get over that um i'm just quickly sticking in a plug there about the small group that we're doing every other week with the church uh discussion based on the book the unbelievable gospel by Dodson. And he goes through looking at what are these barriers that we have that keep us from witnessing. And then once we go through that, how can we speak about Jesus to the culture in a way that's attracting and not repulsive? And not attracting in the sense of media and advertisement and glitz and making something look better than it is. But the real deal. Jesus is beautiful. We don't have to do any kind of like makeup, Photoshop (laughs) things on Jesus. He is beautiful. And the more we get to know him, and I have been like, I rededicated my life to the Lord in 1991. So that's like what, 30 something years? I have to tell you, the more I walk with him, I live with him, I get to know him and love him, the more beautiful he becomes. And I want to share that with people. And so I'm doing this book study. I hope you guys join us. There are four more sessions left every other week. Check on the website. And we're doing this together. Because I'm not an expert in this, but together and with the Holy Spirit who we're going to be talking about today, we can do it. And we can help each other do it. So, how did they do it and how can we do it? And the answer is simple. We find that answer in Acts 1.8, the very beginning of the chapter, the book of Acts. When Jesus tells his disciples, you will be my witnesses. But before that, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us, how did they do it? The Holy Spirit empowered them to do it. Empowered them to be Christ's witnesses despite persecution. Now, the Holy Spirit appears more than 50 times in the book of Acts. And some of us that have been studying the Bible and with God, we know there are books in the Bible where God isn't specifically mentioned, like Ruth and Esther, but he's there. He's at work. And the same is true for this passage that we're reading. Even though the Holy Spirit is mentioned 50 times throughout Acts, in this passage he's not mentioned, but guess what? He Is there. He is working. And He's here now, too. (laughs) He's working now through this whole service, through each of us and the words that come. Before we go into the passage, because what we're going to do today is go through the passage with the lens, I call them um, Holy Spirit sighting glasses. We're going to go through it with our Holy Spirit (laughs) sighting glasses and see where the Holy Spirit is working in our passage. But before we do that, um, I first want us to take a look at the Holy Spirit. Like, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, Who sent him? What does he do? Um who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the Trinity along with God the Father, God the Son, and Jesus. Some of you this may feel like to you like you're going uh back to base, you know, we are going back to basics. But it's important. It's important to keep hearing it and and letting it come in. So, I just pray that you would take it in in that way rather than uh I know that. <laughs> It's good that you know it, but it's good to hear it. And sometimes, if we hear it in a fresh way, in an open way, the Holy Spirit will show us something different about a verse that we've been reading and hearing for years. So can we do that? We're going to be open? Because this is this is basic for people who've been in Christianity for a while. But the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. There's one God, three persons, Father, Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Who sent the Holy Spirit? Are you guys in the mood of, like, raising your hand and talking, or do you want me to talk? (laughs) Because you can say it. Somebody can shout it out. Who sent the Holy Spirit? Silence is good. (laughs) Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Um, He says, John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the Helper... The Holy Spirit, right, will not come to you. But if I go, which he did, I will send him to you. So it's Jesus who sent the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, he does a lot of things. <laughs> but for the purposes of today, in this passage, just gonna look at a couple things. And I love, I love the way Tim Keller like explains the Holy Spirit and the The term that's used in scripture, paraclete, right? He says, uh, and this this is for language buffs, okay? Um, Paraclete is a noun, and paracaleo is a verb. Kaleo means to call or direct someone, and para means to come alongside in order to support. So, this is what the Holy Spirit does. One of the things, or two of the things, right? He calls. And He not only calls us to be witnesses, which is what we're talking about today, but He comes alongside us and He's in us and He helps us to do it. Because to tell you the truth, we may think that we can be witnesses. Christ's witnesses without the Holy Spirit? But we can't. We really can't. You know, uh, John 15, Jesus says, um, You know, you can do nothing without me, right? Doesn't mean you can't eat with me. I mean, well, we could go into a whole technical thing about that, but that's not the point. The point is, uh, without Jesus, without his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, We cannot do anything for eternal purposes. Now, another thing the Holy Spirit does is he empowers us to speak with boldness. Acts chapter 4, 29, 31. The believer's prayer to be bold witnesses despite the persecution that was going on is this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I don't know if you're thinking this but it gives me hope and it gives me encouragement because I feel so weak about a lot of things and this witnessing thing I shared with you I couldn't even say I was going to church (laughs) much less talk about the, the death resurrection of Jesus Christ his gospel but if the Holy Spirit is real and the Holy Spirit lives within us, which he does, then I can do it. And so can you. We can do it. So now let's take a look at our scripture on the back of the thing. and 40, 11, 40. Uh, Beginning in verse 12, while Galileo was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul. This man, they charged, is persuading people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. And that is what he's talking about here. The Roman law at the time did not permit the spreading or promoting of new religions. They allowed Judaism. But anything other than that, it was against the Roman law. So what the Jewish people here who were accusing and opposing and persecuting Paul were trying to do is to get the Roman um, officials to think that Paul and the disciples were breaking the Roman law, that Christianity was not really a part of Judaism. Now, we've seen in the past, right, of when Paul has been witnessing and The Jewish people brought him before officials and accused them of all these things. What happened? He got beat, right? He got put in prison. But this time, something different happens. Let's read on. Just as Paul, verse 14, was about to speak, Galliaz said to the Jews, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not judge such things. So he had them ejected from the court. He kicked them out. Then they all turned on Sosthenes. Sosthenes, the synagogue ruler, and they beat him in front of the court. And Galileo showed no concern, whatever, he didn't stop them. When I read that, I was like, what? (laughs) We've gone through 18 chapters of of Acts, right? All the beatings, the persecution, the blah, 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 in prison, blah, blah, and all of a sudden, boom, Acts chapter 18, Verses 14 to something, something different happened here, and huge. First of all, the official didn't listen to the Jews. Number one, that's different. Number two, Paul wasn't beat. And number three, not only was it beat, but the ruler of the synagogue was beat. This is major. I sense the Holy Spirit. Do you sense the Holy Spirit in here? Because this is something that does not normally happen. And a lot of times, I mean, sometimes God works in so many ways, we can't put him in a box. You know, he does ordinary things, but everything he does is extraordinary, even in ordinary things. But this was an extraordinary thing that happened here. And not only that, besides uh, Paul not being beaten and the synagogue uh, person being beaten, I feel bad for the synagogue person, and I hope that this is the Sosthenes that Paul talks about later in 1 Corinthians. He says, you know, uh, he's welcoming the Corinthian church, right, and he's saying, you know, welcome, Paul, blah, 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 and Sosthenes, and I'm like... Oh, maybe he got converted or something, you know? I mean, Sassanese actually replaced the previous synagogue ruler, Crispus, who was converted, and his whole family was converted. Only God could do something like this, right? So, not only that, recall before this passage last week, We were talking about when uh, Jesus appeared to Paul in a vision, right? And he said to him, do not be afraid, right? He said, keep on talking. He said, keep on speaking. He said, don't be silent. He said, I am with you. And he said, you will not be attacked or harmed. Now. Important to note that the translation of the term "attack" that Jesus used to encourage Paul—it's not uh, the kind of attack that we have in this passage, where they attacked him. The attack that Jesus was talking about was a physical attack, an injury—you know, the beatings like what he was used to getting. The attack in this passage, does not mean a physical attack. It means a rising up again in speech. So what Jesus said came true, right? You know that I had to encourage Paul. It encouraged me, it would encourage you guys. And so the Holy Spirit is working, and by the way, I didn't mention this before, but the Holy Spirit in us actually allows us to experience Father God and Jesus, right? So oftentimes throughout Acts, we see interchange, like we hear the Spirit of Jesus or the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of the Son or the, you know, it's like Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, and it's the way that we actually experience the other two in the Godhead. Now let's jump over to verse 18. Because of all that encouragement, Paul stayed. <laughs> he stayed in Corinth. I think scripture is saying like a year and a half. <laughs> he didn't like leave like he did before, you know, Berea, he was here, Philippi, he was here, and then blah, blah, blah. Here, he was here a year and a half and he was safe. Um, and then. He hooked up with Priscilla and Aquila, Willie James Jennings. You know, we have to bring Willie James Jennings in for those of you who are new here. He's a a theologian that we often refer to. Um, And he did this great commentary on Acts. He describes uh, Priscilla and Aquila as a refugee couple. They left Rome under threatening conditions and they joined Paul on his journey. Uh, we learned at the beginning of the chapter that um, they were tent like Paul. And so they worked together in that. But not only that, they worked together in the ministry of being witnesses to Christ. In fact, they were following the Spirit's lead. And that's the other point that I wanna bring out, that not only does the Holy Spirit encourage us? But He leads us and guides us. Um, all the all this movement that we see, you know, sailing here to there, it's not haphazard. They're not just going. Oh, I think I'm going to go to Ephesus, or I think I'm going to check out the. Uh, no. It's the Holy Spirit's leading. It's God's leading, and we know this because in verse 19. We see where um, the, the synagogue, the, the Jews and the believers wanted Paul to stay, but he, he said, no, he declined. And then he said, but I'll come back if it's God's will. If it's God's will, I'll come back. So they're doing everything being led by the Spirit, not on their own. Um, the third... Point that I want to make today about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to be His witnesses is that He teaches us, okay, right? and He helps us to speak boldly. Um, if we take a look at um, verse 24. And uh, just to preface this, um, Paul had gone back to his home church between all this, and then the Holy Spirit sent him on his third mission, and he goes throughout Galatia and Phrygia, but it was more so of a um, pastoral type role than an evangelistic role. So here we have a Jewish man named Apollos to come on the scene. He was a native of Alexandria from Egypt. And Alexandria was like one of the most important cities um, in the Roman Empire at that time. It had a large Jewish population. Um, They had a reputation for scholarly pursuits. And they even produced the, um, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. The Septuagint and um, the great philosopher Philo was from there. So Apollo is coming from this place with all this knowledge and and scholarly perspective. And we read in um, verse 24 that he was a learned man with thorough knowledge of the scriptures he had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke the great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. Now that's tricky. You know, it's like you're thinking all along, oh man, this guy is like, he's like a Tim Keller, you know? I mean, like he's learned, he's blah. And then we hear, but he only knew about the baptism of John, but that is totally not the gospel, Right? Totally not the gospel. So what happens here? The Holy Spirit comes in and he brings Aquila and Priscilla with the gifts he's given them of teaching and he teaches Apollos what he needs to know about the death and resurrection of Christ and the salvation and eternal life that we have in believing and following him. So... We see, even though we don't, it's not mentioned in the Holy Spirit, we see in this chapter how the Holy Spirit encouraged, okay? he sent and led and guided, and he teaches, he taught. And then the last thing we're gonna look at is how the Holy Spirit enabled his disciples to speak, and not only to speak, but boldly no hesitation but just natural you know John 14:26 says this is Jesus speaking the holy spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i said so now armed with the complete truth of the gospel apollos crossed the aegean sea he goes back to corinth achaia and he Starts preaching vigorously. That's boldness. That is boldness. Now, I want that. <laughs> I want that, and the Holy Spirit wants it for us, and Jesus wants it. I mean, that's the call. That's that's one of the purposes um, of our being. And we can be encouraged to step out in faith, even though we're afraid. That's courage. Courage, sometimes it's doing something afraid, right? And watch how the Holy Spirit like, works through us and does things we never dreamed we could do, or say things that we never dreamed that we could say. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's some kind of power. I don't know of anybody who can raise somebody from the dead. I mean, you know, doctors are trying and they're doing amazing things. You know, and God has given them amazing knowledge about the human body and this, that, and the other. But only God, who created everything, has the power to do that. And if he can raise someone from the dead, and if he can take these disciples, Aquila, Priscilla, a woman, <laughs> and Paul, in the midst of persecution, to still stand up and still speak about Jesus, it's amazing. You know, I grew up in a school, you know, having to say the Pledge of Allegiance. this one right I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America And Tony Evans reminds us that you know like day after day you know we'd be in our school days um, I don't know if, do they still do that today in the schools yes they still do okay um, yeah and so the whole idea of that is you know our teachers you know lead us and it's the idea is to remember and and have a daily reminder of our national commitment to our country, and about the privileges you know, that we have of freedom in this country. And we're asked to make a pledge of allegiance and a statement of commitment in the same way. Jesus is doing that with us today. Um, he wants us to be identified with him and associated with And he wants other people to know him. And the way that he does that, sometimes he does it through dreams and visions, but he does it a lot as we've seen through the book of Acts through his followers. Um, I think about the image of a sailboat, and um, it sails. And what causes the sailboat to move is the wind. And the Holy Spirit is a lot like the wind. Um we can feel the wind, we can feel the Holy Spirit. And we can see, even though we can't see the Holy Spirit or the wind, but we can see the effects that the wind has on things that we can see. Like a rainy windy day, umbrellas turned inside out, right? And even on the ground or you know, uh, trees swaying and branches breaking and falling on the ground, or the flag, you know, waving and flapping and hurling up. And we can see it in our own lives. We can see how God has transformed us. Maybe not right away, but eventually we do. Some see right away, but, you know. And we can see in others. The effect, we can see a change in life. How did it happen? It's the Holy Spirit. Like the wind moves sailboats, the Holy Spirit moves and empowers us to be Christ's witnesses. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God move and empower us to be Christ's witnesses, to share the gospel of Jesus with others in a natural, loving, spirit-empowered way. Help us to be witnesses of the life of Jesus in the way we live and in what we say. Mold us and fill us and use us for your glory. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.